Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. Today, we're going to be talking to Carol Obley, and Carol's an acclaimed spiritual medium and popular author of many books, including her new book, Wisdom from the Spirit World. Carol is here to share with us what she has learned from spirit while she has been the bridge between heaven and earth in over 11,000 group and individual readings. Karen has come to her ability to be a mediumship through a kind of rough road that, as I say, broke open her soul. And I'd like her to tell us about this, start with this, and then we'll go on to hear what the Spirit wants us all to know through Carol. So, Carol, thanks for the sh- uh, coming to my show and welcome to my show. So, tell me, what, what happened in your life? What brought you here? What derailed you and broke open your soul? <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me, Barb. Um, long story short, uh, addiction. Um, you know, I was at the, the bottom of the barrel uh, with alcohol. Uh, I was still young. I was only um, 25 um, when I came crashing down. I didn't drink for a lot of years in my life. But I went after it with such um, gusto, I guess, mm-hmm. um, that I spiraled down downward very quickly. And what happened was, um, what broke me open, as you put it, and I, I like that terminology because I think that that's what we have to do. The, those who have suffering uh, have a greater opportunity of, you know, spiritual awakening. And that's exactly what happened to me Um, at the age of 25, uh, at the end of the year of being 25, I um, entered into private counseling. I started going to 12-step AA to be specific, and um, it saved my life. Um, The program of AA is a spiritually-based program. So in order to get sobriety, you have to go beyond your personality because that's where the addiction is. That's where the voices are that tell you you're not good enough, that things are going to be better if you drink heavily. Um, You know, I had low Mm -hmm. self-esteem. I didn't like who I was. So with alcohol, it enabled me to be a different person. And it worked for a while. Yeah. And my life became, as AA puts it, unmanageable. Mm-hmm. So uh, I entered into recovery, and I have not looked back. I have not drank alcohol in almost 38 years. Yeah. Uh, and today I don't even think about it. Um, but it really broke me open because I had to find the higher power. Mm-hmm. And you know, 12 Step talks about higher power. That can be the Christian God, it can be Buddha, it can be Krishna, it can be 
a chair, (laughs) anything other than your own self. Something bigger than you. Yes, something greater than than the little me. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting we're even talking about this because that bigger self is what I use when I do readings for people as a spiritual medium. Mm -hmm. The little me. The little me can't do anything without spirit. And so, thank God for alcoholism, huh? <laughs> you, know, you, you know, I and I, I, I feel that I need to say this for somebody out there that might need to hear it. Sometimes our greatest liability or our deepest suffering can ultimately become our greatest asset or our PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. And the transition from the person that I was to who I am today. And of course, you know, I continue to evolve just like everyone else, every other human being. Uh, just because I'm doing readings doesn't make me any better than, it, than anyone else. So, um, but certainly I know in my heart that I would not be here today uh, if I had not entered into the spiritual, and I do call it a spiritual program of 12 step. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I really began to read a lot of spiritually based material at that point. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm talking, you know, almost 40 years ago at this, at this point. Yeah. And um, I had always been interested in metaphysics and the paranormal and what happens to us after we die, where do we go? Uh, yeah. What about ghosts? What about UFOs? All of that sort of thing fascinated me even as a child. Yeah. So, um, you know, eventually, though, I had to find spirit or that higher self, the soul self, that connection. I had to find it within my, within my own being. In other words, not out there, uh, but within self. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was cracked open to the point of really, and, and I mean literally being on my knees asking God or spirit, I call it spirit, what most people call God, mm-hmm. to heal me, to help me uh, break that, uh, that merry ground that I was on. And thank God spirit heard. And um, did you also got training, though. It wasn't, you know, only the, the AA and, and that group. You also... Became trained as what you call an evidential medium, and can you explain what an evidential medium is? Yes, uh, evidentiary mediumship is a pre- presentation of facts about the spirit communicator. In other words, the uh, the deceased loved one or friend or pet. Uh, pets come through in many readings. I'm not a pet communicator per se, but I love animals. I'm passionate about animals so they usually do come through you know i'd say maybe 50 percent of readings that i do um and presenting that establishes the identity of that spirit communicator and then the messages are given after the identity is established can you give me an example of that sure uh names evidence consist of, of, of the, the uh, communicating spirit's uh, name, 
Um, most of the time I get the full name or the first full name, sometimes the last names even. Um, the, the, those have come through in my readings as well. Uh, numbers as far as passing dates, uh, birth dates, uh, memories, uh, things that absolutely I would never know. Mm -hmm. uh, the communicator and I might also say that evidence would consist of the personality of the deceased. Were they a happy person? Were they a morose person? Were they kind of off the wall, quirky? Um, so the personality of the deceased, uh, you know, should come through as well in an evidentiary reading. Also facts about the sitter or the person who's receiving the information receiving the the reading. So sometimes there are facts given by the spirit communicator for them simply to say, I'm still around you. I know that this is going on in your life. I know that you just did this. I know that you have a trip planned to, you know, Virginia or wherever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that sort of, uh, th those are all facts and specific, uh, you know, material that should be relatable to the receiver of the reading. So if someone calls you or sets up a session with you, um, they come and they say, oh, okay, I'm Barb Crowley. And um, do they say, would you talk to my son, Peter, you know, or do you, do you, you know, just unbarb Crowley and you start to get the information. How does it work? Well, or, you know, do you want to run appointments? Um, and yes, I still do my own appointments. I don't yeah, yeah. And, and later in the show, we'll, we'll make sure that everybody knows where to get hold of you. Oh, sure. And how to get hold of you. Yeah, I ask people to prepare because it's just like anything else in life. If you're going on a journey or if you're you know, even, you know, a doctor's appointment, you're supposed to bring a list of medications and, uh, you know, write mm -hmm. things down about how you're feeling or anything like that. What I ask people to do, and it, it's on my website, and I, every single person that makes an appointment with me, I tell them it's very important to prepare for a session so that you get the absolute best from it. Please have a few questions written and engage in a few moments of stillness, meditation, or prayer before you call me and I do not ask, I do not ask who they want to connect with. I want all of that information to come through from the spirit world. And the less that I know consciously, uh, the better. So that's why I really love to do, um, I primarily do phone readings uh, nationally and internationally at this point. Mm -hmm. um, I also will work through Zoom. I prefer not to see people because it's much purer. There's no body language. There's no mm -hmm. distractions. I'm sitting in my office staring at a blank wall. Um, so if I, you know, if I get clairvoyance or seeing in my mind's eye, um, you know, it seems to just be a little bit easier to focus that way. Not that I can't, I mean, I've obviously I've done many readings through Zoom or Skype or, you know, in person, absolutely. Um, but I usually even look away, uh, you know, if a person's sitting in front of me, I want to stay trained on the spirit world because that's where the information is coming from. If they are, if, 
um, if they have come to you, there's been so much, you know, death in the last year with COVID and, and just seems like a whole lot of people are leaving the planet. Um, but if they come to you and in deep grief, and that's such an intense emotion, and, and I know from my own work that can be very intense in their field, do you have trouble? Um, does that impede you at all? And um, getting yeah, information. Can yes, absolutely. Um, because everything is vibration, and I don't mean to be go into the woo-woo stuff here, but I mean truly, mm-hmm. what a medium is reading is energy, and so the energy of grief is is relatively dense compared to uh, lightness, joy. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Serenity, grief is a relatively dense energy. So sometimes spirit cannot break through that, and it's much more difficult. In fact, I would much prefer that people wait a certain amount of time before they contact me. And if somebody calls me and says, you know, somebody passed last week, I often say to them, you know, you, you need to be able to get through the reading relatively calmly. Not that you're not going to have some some tears. Yeah. But this is just one tool in the toolbox. It's not the answer. It's it's one of the tools that can help you to recognize that because the soul is eternal, mm-hmm. there's only a disconnection physically. Now. Of course, we have to grieve something that we lose, mm-hmm. a job, a marriage, a, real, a friendship, uh, maybe a large sum of money, you know, anything yeah. we lose physically. Certainly, most people have a sadness or a grief about that. Um, and you have to go through that. You, you, can't, you can't short circuit that process. Mm-hmm. I always want to make sure that the person has already entered onto the pathway of healing and they at least have some time under their belt as far as grieving that person's physical absence from their life. Mm-hmm. And when they, when they come to you, because that grief period, as you know, goes on so long, but it does dissipate. It gets a little bit easier. But when they come to you and they realize that you can communicate with the person they lost and that they are there, and, and as you talk about in your book, love is eternal, how, how do they respond to that? How do, um, you know, have you had somebody, somebody come into you in pieces and walk out elated. I know it's happened with me, just, yes. you know, reconnecting. Yes. You Quite know. honestly, this is, has nothing to do with me creating the healing. It's not me. It's the information. It's the presence and power of spirit mm-hmm. through spirit. So as one of my teachers, Janet Nohavik, says, you know, mediums are kind of walkers between two worlds. And we really are. Because um, it's from, you know, spirit in the spirit world through spirit in the physical world to spirit in the physical world. So the conduit 
is, you know, needs to be in place. I always say it's like a triangle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have the, the spirit world at the top, and on one, then one of the other angles, you have the sitter, and then you have the medium. And those, those are the communication lines that connect those dots, uh, those apexes, you know, of that triangle. So, um, absolutely, I have seen people, and I've actually, when I had a roommate, um, you know, for many years, she, she would say, you know, I see people come in here. I was still doing readings out of my home at that time. And I had people traipsing through my house, which became too much at a certain point. Right. Um, but I had people who would come in and just by their body language and their demeanor. And if you're sensitive to energy, you can feel them. You know, their, their eyes are downcast. Their, their, you know, their posture might be a little bit slumped over. And then the reading happens, whether it's a half an hour or an hour. And miraculously, from the, the uh, hands of spirit and the information provided and the energy that's being transmitted through the conduit to them, you see this shift in this individual. And I honestly, it's, it's, it's astonishing. I, I still am astonished even, you know, going on 30 years of doing this work. Uh, I'm still astonished when that happens. And I, it, it amazes me. And there's a deep sense of, uh, and I'm sure that you can identify with this, mm-hmm. there's a deep sense of fulfillment. That sort of service and help. It feels so good you know, that when you've helped somebody. And, and it's, it's not about it. I, I always tell people, you know, you know what the reasons are to not become a medium. Number one, money. <laughs> yeah. Number two, fame. <laughs> yeah. Number three, because you want people to think you're so great or so special. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are reasons to not go into this work. Mm-hmm. Expect to live a life of service and expect to go through a lot of upgrades. I always say mediumship is an upgrading program. If, it, you know, if I look at the readings I was doing even, even five years ago mm-hmm. compared to today, and I thought I was fairly well connected back then, but then today, um, it seems and appears to me that the evidence is, is even more compelling and deeper and maybe more expanded than what I was doing even, you know, five years ago. Don't you feel that as if the veil has become thinner between the worlds? Um, I, I feel like it's, it's yeah, we're I, getting I, closer. I think so. Mm-hmm. And. I, I also feel, uh, especially since, you know, a year and a half ago, what we've all been through, yeah. that um, people are seeking um, a higher knowledge of what things are about. Why did this happen? Why, you know, how can I stay connected? We have people that have lost jobs. We have businesses that have closed. We have people who have had loved ones who have died. Mm-hmm. We have a higher rate of addiction. We have higher suicides. People need to find the anchor of spirit within themselves. And so 
when I was writing wisdom from the spirit world, this was before the pandemic. Okay. And I had no clue what I was going to even write about. I woke up uh, actually three years ago last month in July and Mm -hmm. it was, it was boom. This is what you're going to write about. You're going to write about the lessons repeating themes that the spirit people have brought through. Mm -hmm. They want to tell us. And so before then, I knew I was probably going to write another book. I've written three before this one, but I didn't know what the topic was. I thought, you know, I've said everything about mediumship. I don't know what else I'm going to say. Yeah. And then I woke up that morning and boom, it was there. And I find that a lot of it is pertinent, is relevant to what we're going through collectively right now. Tell me about that. You know, what? uh, yeah, let me leave that open. Tell me about that. We are going through so much right now, and your information from the spirit world would be helpful. I can tell you, Barb, and I I don't know about you, but I have... I walk around relatively fearless most of the time. Mm-hmm. I don't do foolish things. I, I don't want anyone to misunderstand that. I don't, you know, I, I don't do things that are stupid or foolish. But I can tell you that my fear of dying or death, and this is, you know, compared to, and I write in this book about my fear of death when I was a young person. I'm my goodness, I was very afraid when I saw my first grandparent in the casket. Oh, I've read that. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's helped me and, and you know, uh, getting the anchor within, knowing the anchor within. And you don't have to be a medium to have this. We all have this. Mm-hmm. To know that that stable anchor is always there and it can be accessed at will. Mm-hmm. No matter what is going on out there in the world, in society, in, in a culture, in government, I have an anchor that nobody can take away within me. And if there's one thing that I would truly um, advise people to do or strongly suggest, it's to find that anchor within yourself. Because once you find it, mm-hmm. Very easy to find it, um, to stay connected to it. You know, we have to routinely do that. I recommend doing it every day. But once you find it, that eliminates a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. I, I, what I see for me and for the people I read is uh, fear is in the body. It is part of the body. It's wired into the body. It mm-hmm. definitely has a, a use. That fear of death, that fear of the world, that fear. But in the spiritual side, there is no fear at all. None. So the fear that's wired into the body is wired there to keep the body alive. You're exactly right. And I actually, I wrote about uh, my experience with severe anxiety. And this was just about two, two and a half years ago. And it's in the part of the book, um, where I talk about the value of mindfulness mm-hmm. being in the present moment. That's what mindfulness means, is being here now. Now, the other interesting facet of mindfulness is that's where you're going to meet the spirit world. 
in right here, right now. Spirit does not exist in the past, and spirit doesn't exist in the future. And I'm sure you know some of the audience has heard. There's no time. There's no linear time in this world. Right. It's always right now. So you can be in that energy uh, by. It's very simple. A child can do it. It's focusing on your breath, mm-hmm. allowing the breath to pull you into the present moment. And that's how you find your anchor. Mm-hmm. And the breath is the anchor. It is always available. It doesn't cost anything. It's not a special tool. It's not out there somewhere. It's right here. And I've always seen, too, in my, you know, and what I do is, if I can calm the body down, then I can feel the spirit. Then I can commune with the spirit. But if I cannot calm the body down, <laughs> it's very hard to get to the spirit. So that calm and where you use the breath, um, I find that if I do a, uh, it, and it doesn't matter what I think about, if I do that circular breath for eight, 10 minutes, which is, you have to time it because you think one minute you just did 10. It's, <laughs> it's difficult. But once you get to eight or 10 uh, minutes, your body calms and you can commune with the spirit. You are in a whole new place. Um, it's, it's a fabulous thing. You know, I want to take a break right now. Um, we have just gone through how you work and it's, and what it's like to be a medium and the type of mediumship that you do. And when I come back, I want to go back to your book because you have so much information that has come through to, from spirit, from the spiritual world that you want to impart to our audience. So when we come back, we'll take a look at that as well. Thanks. We're going to break now. One thing's for certain, life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, and welcome back. We are with Carol Oakley, and we're talking about her new book, Wisdom from the Spirit World. And I want to talk now about what the spirit world has to tell us. So we all, so many times, feel so wounded or so broken or so kind of disappointed in ourselves. And what does the spirit world have to tell us about how to deal with that or how to deal with those challenges in life and through your mediumship and your readings, what have you learned? 
Oh, there, there's um, so much. And I, you know, um, one of the reasons why I really believe and feel and know that I, I've done a lot of readings um, for people who might have lost somebody to addiction, some uh, people who have lost someone to suicide. Um, it seems like I've gotten a lot of people um you know, that have lost a loved one, a child, a brother, a, you know, a father even, a mother to um, opioid addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to be rampant, the, it, uh, the drug addictions. I actually talk about this in the book. And, um, you know, we've had an epidemic of that. So what has happened is that that person, you know, the, the person in spirit that had the overdose or the suicide will come through. And um, there's certain signals or symbols that I've developed over the years working with spirit. A symbol is simply a, a shorthand, you know, communication. And a lot of times they'll talk about, you know, I messed up. Um, I felt like the world was... Uh, collapsing on me. And this is why I was using so heavily. Um, Sometimes people sign up for the soul signs up for very challenging lessons in life. Mm -hmm. And that could even be to signing up. Now I'm speaking now on on a soul level, not on a conscious level. Yeah. Sometimes even the soul will sign up for these very challenging lessons um, it could even be with a particular mental illness, such as depression or mm-hmm. bipolar disorder, uh, schizophrenia, and say that even there's a family pattern of that. Um, and the soul courageously signs up to deal with that, to in some way, through experiencing it, evolving through those conditions. So whether it's addiction um, I would also include abandonment in there. Mm-hmm. I've read from many clients who, you know, they were three years old. Their, their, their dad walked out on the family and yeah. they had an absolutely horrendous childhood. Uh, I would put abuse in there. Uh, this is all in the same chapter of our wounds do not diminish the light within us. So, what I've learned is, is that, 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 you know, our light is never diminished by anything we go through because what we go through are experiences that we have. They are not who we are. They are what we've experienced. Mm-hmm. The soul signs up for these, so to speak. I write about that in the first section of the book. You signed up for this. That's the title of the first section. Mm -hmm. Uh, To grow and to evolve. Now, in the case of, uh, you know, people who turn to heavy-duty drugs or uh, to alcoholism or, you know, take their own lives, they become very overwhelmed, And, you know, on a soul level, the soul does not really understand suffering or, you know, physical discomfort or any of that. It simply goes, okay, I need to experience this because I need to learn more of the quality of uh, perhaps being determined. 
I need to learn more of the quality of what patience is or perhaps compassion or fortitude, uh, any of those qualities. So um, I would say that, you know, what I've learned is, and I, you know, one of the, the primary lessons is that sometimes the soul becomes very overwhelmed and, and it's usually the personality that becomes overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. It just, it finds it a lot easier to go back to the spiritual world. And that's why, you know, you go, why would, you know, why would this happen? Why did this person commit suicide? I didn't know anything that was going on with them. They didn't let on that anything was bothering them. Uh, but yet they felt very overwhelmed. They felt like the world was crashing in on them. Mm-hmm. So what happens is in the spirit world, there is healing always available. And I want to say that to anyone listening to your show who has lost a loved one through suicide or an overdose, that that person is not lost or not condemned. Mm-hmm the immeasurable love of spirit, meaning the God energy, is available to all souls regardless. And that includes the animals. So, um, you know, I know that there are certain religious teachings that talk about suicides going to, you know, sort of an in-between state and all of this. Mm -hmm. Personally, and I certainly do not have all the answers. I'm the first one to admit that. Uh, but what I have, what I talk about is what I have personally experienced through many, many readings and what my own spirit guides have shown me. And so that soul will go back into spirit and uh, get healing and, and actually counseling. And I know that some people, you know, in my second book, I'm still with you. I actually had a couple of people who were mediums and they said, how can you talk about a spirit hospital? That's silly. I've never heard of a spirit hospital. I use the word hospital because it's something that people can relate to in that it's a place of of healing and recuperation. And so Mm -hmm. in the spirit world, there are places like that. So I tried to use a vernacular that most people would understand, you know, that the soul doesn't, isn't lost or condemned or anything. The soul it might go to sleep for a while. It might be wrapped in different colors of light, different frequencies of light. Mm-hmm. There's always counseling available. So, um, you know, there are spirit counselors in the spirit world, just like there are, there are psycho- psychological counselors, you know, in psychotherapy here on the earth plane. Now, does uh, because you talk about pre-planning in your book, you talk about pre-planning, Yes. Um, as well. And and was that a mistake? You know, in their pre-planning, did they forget about pain or did they make a mistake in their planning or in doing their blueprints so that um, so that life overwhelmed them or was it part of their planning to be overwhelmed? I mean, can suicide be part of their planning of I want to experience suicide i personally and i only talk about what i have personally seen over many years i Mm -hmm. personally 
they have never seen or heard of a soul or talked with a soul who said, yeah, I plan to go out. I plan to take my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, what happens is we know that because the spirit is indestructible and because it's a spark of the divine, it can never be destroyed. The physical body can certainly be destroyed. Um, it's going to perish. You know, everything here on the physical plane is temporary. Um, mm-hmm. However, what my what I have seen through many readings is that a lot of times these souls simply become. It's kind of like <laughs> I'm going to use the analogy of a buffet. Okay, but I think everybody. <laughs> You know, you go to a buffet and you're really, really hungry and you go, oh, my gosh, look at all this food. And so, you know, you load up and you might even have two plates there. And then you go back to your seat and you start to eat, you eat, you eat. And then you go, oh, I can't finish everything here. I'm just I so- ate too much. <laughs> yeah. My eyes are bigger than my stomach, you know. And so I, I really think that spirit is providing that analogy so that people can understand it's not a defect. It's that the soul had the highest intent mm-hmm. before coming. And then the realities of this, this place is a hard place to be. And I, it I, is. Yeah. I, the earth plane, it, the physical world, it's, it's a realm of duality. It's mm-hmm. a realm where energies can be exceedingly harsh, especially for those of us who are very sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I have felt that many times, and I've been sensitive since I was a, a young girl. So if you think of the buffet analogy, you'll get it. That's yeah. how it operates. And the soul has very high intent. And uh, when it comes in, mm-hmm. when the living can get in the way. And remember, too, and another lesson in the book is the power of choice determines the quality of our life. So, you know, every choice that I make that you make, mm-hmm. we are choosing a pathway in one way or another. So, you know, uh, we always have free will. And yeah. that is something that can never be taken away. Um, it is a gift from the divine, from spirit. So, mm-hmm. you know, there are choices that, that people make that sometimes, I mean, quite honestly, make it harder for their blueprint. The blueprint is what the soul set up before it came here. Mm-hmm. So there's people who, you know, they, they, they might go on a merry-go-round and they keep making the wrong choice. Yeah. And they get off the merry-go-round and then they become very overwhelmed. And, mm-hmm. okay, the only way out of this is I, I can't take the suffering anymore. I'm going to end my life or I'm going to be so messed up on drugs that I don't know which end is up. Mm-hmm. Or I've already left my body, but my body's still here. Yeah. I find a lot of that too. We're just out of body. It's, it's like you've already left your body, though your body's still here. Um, now, once they go through some harsh times and, and let's say commit suicide or uh, destroy their life in a way. Um, and I've seen this in my readings, the worst thing that can you can do, um, and the only thing that really is hell, is if you do not 
forgive yourself if you judge, because there is real no real judgment on the other side that I've seen. It's all kind of neutral. However, when people pass over and soon after, before they get to that neutrality, sometimes they judge. And that judgment, if they get stuck in the judgment or if they don't forgive themselves, that that becomes a trap or a a hell. Really, that's what um, I think is the only hell that's over there is you've judged harshly. You don't forgive yourself for, um, let's say, getting into drugs or suicide. But what have you seen on that? Yeah, thank you for bringing this topic up of forgiveness. Um, Absolutely, uh, forgiveness. And, you know, that's a major chapter in the book, releasing the past accelerates our spiritual growth. So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people understand forgiveness. I speak of it in a spiritual sense. Spiritual, in, in spirituality, forgiveness is a release of the past. So what does that mean? Well, you know, I make a conscious choice to not carry the past. And I I actually am very honest in all of my writings, and I wrote in this book, uh, in Wisdom from the Spirit World, about my own struggles with self-forgiveness because Mm -hmm. of my past of, you know, drinking, drugs, and, you know, hurting uh, hurting people, Uh, my parents, for one. Um, And... So I I still, even many, many years later, have struggled with that and uh, went to uh, the denomination of Christianity that I was raised in. And I constantly talked to uh, the universal Christ or, you know, which Jesus embodied when he was here, the the Christ energy. Yeah. um, To lift those burdens from my shoulders as far as uh, this, you know, I hurt my mother. I, I said nasty things. I, I was self-centered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to go through a whole process. I still do that, but I feel a lot of it has dissipated. Yeah. Um, I can tell you that true healing begins when we're able to release the past and be here in the present moment. In order to heal anything, whether it's the body the mind, or spiritually, or the emotions. You have to be here now. If you're stuck in the past and going over, you know, what happened, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago when you were a child, um, you're stuck. Part of your energy, part of your consciousness is actually trapped there. And so it can be the same way in the spirit world. Um, The other thing I have seen is, Uh, People who refuse to, um, you know, uh, when they do cross over and say that they they did bad things when they were here, you know, they cheated, they lied, they stole, they they murdered somebody, whatever it might have been. We, there is always natural law operating. Natural law, one of those is the law of karma. So karma simply means... uh, you know, that spinning wheel, uh, the wheel, it's from the Sanskrit. And it means we're responsible for everything we do. It could be good. It could be bad. It could be neutral. So mm-hmm. as long as we stay entrenched in a lack of forgiveness, whether if we become hard-hearted 
uh, against somebody else. And I've had clients like that. I'm sure you have. Yeah. If we absolutely, oh, I'll never forgive that, you know, so and so. That's something we're carrying, and that that pulls down our own energy. Yeah. So, and sooner or later, we have to face it, whether we face it here on the physical plane or we face it in the spirit world. Because I can tell you that it is true that we do get the life review. And uh, I have personally had spirits come through and say that, you know, I saw the, the choices I made that my choices hurt you. And so I'm coming through in this reading to own that and to say, I'm really sorry that I did that. And, you know, I've actually had not very often, but I've had some clients that will sit there with their arms crossed. You know, when I'm, if I'm doing in-person readings, I, I will see them doing that. And they'll say, I, I can never forgive him or her for that. Wow. And, you know, the, meanwhile, the spirit person's coming through and saying, um, I see that this really hurt you. And I, I didn't see that when I was there through my personality. I'm seeing it now from this elevated perspective mm-hmm. from the spirit world. And I know that I did wrong to you. And for, in order for you to move beyond and for me to move beyond, I have to offer that to you. Mm-hmm. And that is a good reading, if that needs to happen, a good reading can release years of pain for a person by the, you know, the identification of that spirit coming through and them saying what they're sorry for, maybe what they did, or, you know, some of them can get quite explicit. So uh, I do not censor or filter my readings. Um, If I started doing that, then I, you know, I'm putting my own spin on things. So I don't censor them. Um, and yeah, I mean, sometimes, sometimes if you have, you have a person that used the F word a lot, you know, you might end up saying that mm-hmm. I don't certainly say that in interviews or in public, but sometimes in readings, I mean, that's how the people talked when they were here. Yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah, forgiveness is, um, it's the cornerstone of healing, Barb. It really is. I'm sure you agree with that. I do. And and self-forgiveness is I think one of the most important. If you if that's where you get trapped if you cannot forgive yourself. Oops, I didn't turn off everything. <laughs> Sorry. Um one thing though is um have you ever had somebody um come through that was angry at the person you're reading? And not forgiving them. So, so we just talked about a spirit coming through and saying, I am so sorry, I didn't realize, or, you know, I was a jerk, whatever. But did you ever find it reversed where, you know? Um, honestly, not to the degree. There's much more on the other side from the spirit, spirit side of things of them coming through as far as being the facilitator of forgiveness. And not saying, you know, I'm angry. Um, but I will tell you that sometimes if there was a problem between the people, mm-hmm. a personality clash, maybe a competitive energy, a jealousy, uh, yeah, they might come through and mention that. And what I find is that there, a lot of the personality starts to really dissolve in the spirit world. 
And there's that higher perspective that comes in. Now, when they come back in to communicate, they take on that personality again so that the person receiving the reading will be able to recognize them. And mm -hmm. my theory is, too, that when they come into this, uh, this density here, this consciousness, that they take on the qualities that they, they had, um, you know, the personality, uh, also maybe what they passed from, I'll actually get those sensations, those feelings, whatever those might have been. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, forgiveness is central and absolutely, and I particularly see that issue with women mm -hmm. that constantly, you know, did I do enough? Um, that's a big one. That is, yeah. Guilt is a big one. And, you know, people that, for example, have lost children, okay, I feel like I didn't do enough and I, I didn't take his last call before he, you know, and then he was dead, you know, and mm -hmm. there's so many emotions. And actually my, in my third book, soul to soul connections, I wrote all about unfinished emotional business with people, all the different emotions, anger, guilt, uh, sadness, um, you know, jealousy, all that, all those. How do people, um, Guilt is such a rough one, as you said. I should have, I would, you know. And sometimes it's it has no basis in reality. But um, how do you get them to forgive themselves for a guilt of he needed to talk to me and I didn't talk to him? You know, whatever it is. But you know, the guilt part that is probably one of the most one of the hardest self forgiveness things. So how do you work somebody through that? In, in a session. It is. It is very difficult because sometimes people can hold that stuff for years. Mm -hmm. years. And I give examples in, the, in my books of the clients that I've encountered that, that have held something for years. And, you know, it's just like this dark cloud that's hanging over their head for that long. Well, the, one of the things I do is explain to them the true meaning of guilt Guilt, the, the, the true meaning of guilt is when I intentionally do something that I know is wrong, morally wrong, yeah. or I intentionally do it to hurt you, that is the true meaning of guilt. And it's sort of that higher self coming in and going, you know, that was wrong, what you did. What a lot of people have that I find is false guilt. Mm -hmm. False guilt is oh, I didn't pick up the phone when he called and, you know, then next thing I know, I get a phone call and my son has died or, you know, right. my husband died. We had an argument beforehand. Um, so what I say to them is this, you know in your heart that you would have never intentionally hurt your son or your wife or your husband or whoever it might be. You would not have intended to do that. Therefore, what you're holding is not true guilt. Mm -hmm. It's what I call the woulda, shoulda, couldaves. And a lot of people have those. In fact, right. I put the chapter in book three, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah. Uh, because there's so many people who have those. And they second guess, you know, uh, you know the, the, the whole episode or the whole circumstance. 
we don't have any control over what anyone else does. Mm -hmm. Anything. Uh, the only person we can exert control over is ourselves. So, you know, the fact that you didn't pick up the phone, well, did you, would, did you know that he was going to kill himself? Would you have not picked up the phone? I yeah. mean, so you really have to kind of reason with the person. And then there's a light bulb that goes on and they go, you know, you're right. Yeah. I mean, I didn't intentionally do that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's kind of simple when you really break it down that way. Does the spirit, the other person, help in any way? So let's say, well, I called and you didn't answer, even though you were right there, you wanted to finish the recipe, let's say, and then I, I killed myself. Does the spirit ever say, it's good that you didn't answer? <laughs> Anything like that? No, it, sometimes what happened, a lot of times, they'll come in without my knowing anything, the spirit person will come in and and address that emotion for, in this case, guilt without the person saying anything. And I'll say, you know, he's coming through and he, he he's saying stop with the guilt because you didn't yeah. do anything wrong. And then usually I get tears from the other end of the phone and the person will go, I felt that way for so long. You know, I have felt guilty because, you know, my son was calling me and I decided not to pick it up because every time he called me, he was asking for money. Right, I mean, right. things I've heard in readings, I'm sure you have too. Oh, I have. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. But the, I find the spirit, the spirit of the other person who passed on releases them. You know, I am going to have to call it right now. I would love to keep going with this. Um, but I am going to have to call it right now because, frankly, we're running out of time. And I want to make sure everybody knows where to get hold of you. Where can they get hold of you and, and work with you? My website is soulvisions, and that's plural, visions, uh, soulvisions.net. And then I also have a Facebook page that I'm very active on, and that's facebook.com backslash soul medium that's like we have a soul s-o-u-l plus the word medium and all of my books autograph copies are available on soulvisions.net uh, to book a reading you go to soul visions as well mm -hmm. and um, i also do monthly uh zoom group limited to 20 people uh, that's all on my professional facebook page so I do group mediumship over Zoom, very affordable. I want people to be able to attend mm -hmm. and to receive healing if they're in need of it. That's great. That's great. Thanks so much for being on the show. I also want to say if anybody needs to get hold of me, it is a view through the veil at gmail.com or a view through the veil.com. <clears throat> Carol, thanks so much for being on the show and for the great explanations on, on so much of what's coming through from the other side. And Thanks. again, your book, Wisdom from the Spirit World, is available right now, as of, are all your books, really. So thanks, Carol. I forgot to mention, too, Amazon. Amazon. Oh, Amazon, yeah. Books are available everywhere, including your website, I'm sure. Thank you. Thanks for being on. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. 
please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.